It has been a while since we've been here Tuesday. Whiskey and popcorn has essentially been on hiatus since the coronavirus upended literally everything. Oh, yeah, literally everything. It's been surreal. I've done a lot of streaming, though. Oh, yeah, same. I mean, there's not much else we could do with the movie theaters being closed. Well, and I mean, your day job's in a newsroom. What has that been like? <sighs> I think it it's, you know, I've been working mostly from home. I'm only in the newsroom once a week, so that's good. It's interesting trying to run a live radio show from home. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but I, I have to say it's because of the news cycle and how it, it hasn't stopped and it only, has only gotten worse that I kind of hold up and didn't even touch this podcast for months. I was just like, I couldn't even handle one more thing on my plate, you know? And, you know, I guess it was a, a nice forced break for us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, virtual quarantine hug. I know. I'm so, I miss your face, but I'm glad we're back to doing something we both enjoy and love. Reviewing movies with you just makes me so happy. (laughs) I also miss sharing all the love of movies with all of our listeners out there too. You know, we'll be doing this a bit differently now. Like you said, Kaylee, we can't go to the movies yet. And unfortunately it looks like for the foreseeable future, none of us can. So we'll be talking about stuff that we've been streaming and watching movies that have been on our to-watch list for years, but we can finally get to it. One thing you're finally going to watch is Shawshank Redemption. Haley, I'm <laughs> so excited. Oh man, don't call me out now. <laughs> so embarrassing, but I, I got a whole slew of movies for you too. But for the return of the pod, as it were, that sounds like a great movie title. (laughs) We're actually bringing you a new movie. But before that, maybe we should reintroduce ourselves in case you listeners forgotten who we are, or maybe you're a new listener. It has been a minute. I got this. She's Kaylee. I'm Tuesday. It is a bazillion degrees out here in Phoenix, and this is Whiskey and Popcorn. our theme song so much oh i know right oh and i miss ice cold theaters too you know where you'd have to bring an extra layer oh i know this whole summer i've like since i've not been in any places really but my home i don't keep my home at 68 degrees (laughs) so i've like been sweating all the time it's gross (laughs) Yeah, you're competing with 115 out, so... Oh, I don't want to think about it. It's going to be so bad this weekend. (laughs) All right. So today's movie just dropped on Netflix on July 10th. And I guess the best way to really describe it is it's a little bit sci-fi, a little bit fantasy slash historical drama, and a whole lot of action. You know, couldn't have said it better myself. We're reviewing The Old Guard, directed by Gina Prince-Bythewood and starring Charisse Theron, Kiki Lane, Marwan Kanzari, Luca Marinelli, and Matthias Schoenartz. And, well, as usual, let's listen to a clip from the trailer. 
So you good guys or bad guys? Depends on the century. So we really never die. Just because we keep living doesn't mean we stop burning. <laughs> Throughout history, we've protected this world, fighting in the shadows. But it's nearly impossible to disappear in the world we live in today. Okay, so it might be a little hard to tell what's going on without seeing the trailer. But we're dealing with a group of superhumans, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. This group of superhumans is led by Andy, a.k.a. Charlize Theron, and they are four warriors with a very unique ability. They can't be killed. In the group are Joe and Nikki from the Crusader era in Europe and Booker, who survived the Napoleonic Wars. And they get a new recruit in modern times, present day, if you were, and they... Well, I don't know if you can really call it recruiting. They impress this young U.S. Marine to join them after she miraculously survives a death in Afghanistan. Niall, played by Kiki Lane, is confused and bewildered by her ability to heal even after she's been killed. And she doesn't trust Amy or her, quote, army. <laughs> but over time, she comes to accept her fate. But it's very begrudgingly. What's interesting about this film is that it takes the idea of immortality and spins it to to be a tragedy rather than something desirable. It's like that question that is posed from time to time. If you were able to find out when you were going to die, would you want to know? Yeah, I found the whole premise of the film very intriguing. And I think because it had that fantasy element in there, which I I'm a, love fantasy movies and I love sci-fi movies, but like this idea of like the never dying soldier and getting to live on and on for them, they don't know when their last time will be. And one of the, I guess, caveats of these individuals is that it's not that they can never die. It's just that they live a hell of a lot longer and they don't age. And it, nobody knows when their last time will be, like I said. And for obvious reasons, no one can really know that this is happening. Because not only is this a very powerful gift, but it can be used in an abusive way if people were to find out. So not only are they living forever, but it's not like they can marry and settle down and have kids. You know, they're always on the run. They're always making sure to not be spotted by other people. And that can really wear on you in 500 700 years, you know? <laughs> exactly. It's that tragedy of like, you can never really build deep human connections because everybody's going to grow old and die. And then you are left behind. And it's really sad. When you think about it, the two crusaders, you know, that's like 500 odd years or so that they've been alive. And what's interesting about those two characters is that they actually end up being a couple with each other. They kind of mentioned in passing jokingly like that, you know, they fought and killed each other multiple times, but then they fell in love. But then it's like they fell on a deeper level than love. There was this really beautiful moment in the film where the two, Joe and, and Nikki, they've been captured by our bad guys. And basically uh, one of them says, you know, this, I love this man more deeply than you could ever realize. Like he means more to me than A, B, C, D. And he just does this really like almost Shakespearean poetic monologue uh, of so love. Beautiful. 
it was a masterful piece of writing and the delivery was so just it got me in the heart overall i found it to be just a really fun trip sure there were serious parts there's even funny parts yes it's very action-packed but for the most part the storyline really keeps going throughout and you really are trying to just learn more and more and you kind of start chipping away at Andy and the other characters and what they've been through. Mm. So as much as it's action, it's also just a very fun and interesting story. Yeah. And I think that's high praise coming from you because I know you're not an action person. Like I have to force you to go see like the Mission (laughs) Impossibles and whatnot. So I think it's kind of funny that you actually recommended this movie to me when you saw the trailer because you you caught it before I did. Yeah, and, and what I think the aspect that I really liked is I know you love historical period pieces and you kind of get to jump around a little bit in time with them. Mm. And so I thought you would kind of capture that and I felt like the storyline was going to be strong enough that I could deal with the the guns and the shootings and all the, <laughs> all the <laughs> stuff that you know I would usually go to the bathroom during. But because um, yeah, it, it, it just has... And like you were explaining in the beginning, it's kind of historical, kind of action. It it doesn't fit one niche. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's fun about it. Is yeah. That's something for everyone. I, I would agree. You know, and it's just like a, a very, this story could have gone off the rails very easily, given oh, all the literally. different kind of concepts that you were dealing with. For example, Niall, played by Kiki, her character, she could have just been very flat and two-dimensional, but there was really a life to her. And I mean, she's really the lead of the story. Andy's like right there behind her, showing her the way of being this immortal. But I loved how Niall was us, the audience, trying to figure out what was going on and how this world works. And she had her mother and her brother back in the US who she loved. And isn't going to get to say goodbye to, you know, so dealing with all those emotions, it was just really powerful, and really well written. Each character had enough time to where you could gravitate toward them, whether they were flashbacks to their various historical moments or like the beautiful uh, monologue scene between Joe and Nikki and with Niall, you know, she just really, grounded i think this fantasy sci-fi world that we were thrust into now what do you think about the like medical ethical side i know we have to give them a little bit of background but like what was your take on that yeah so well that the background is that there's like this big pharma company essentially based in london called merrick and the character who the ceo he's called Merrick as well, played by Harry Melling, who he was just so good at being bad. Yep. <laughs> like I hated him. I was like, oh, you did a good idea. But it's it's a narrative that has been done before. We're going to do the science no matter what to get the answer, to get the cure. And for him, for Merrick, we're going to make a lot of money off of that. It, it was very clear to to everybody that he was after the money. He didn't actually care about saving lives, even though that'd always be like the first thing he would say. Sounds like somebody uh, on the national platform that we hear quite frequently now that I think about it. I think for a story like this, 
you had to have this question and it had to be handled correctly because you know if you're going to be taking these like dna samples from these superhumans do they have a choice and is it for the greater good should a, a few suffer for the broader society um that that's always one of those deep philosophical questions that i feel like in this world in this movie like no because i was really attached to these characters so they were doing horrible experiments on them and doing things to get samples and it was just like basically torture scenes for several of the the characters yeah with merrick who i agree with you i absolutely hated him but that was his job um i there's a there's a point in it where he says i have spent years you know experimenting on thousands of lab rats and you guys are no different you know it's it's about the bottom line and that's profit uh oh and helping people but mainly profit right and but it's also like a huge ethical question in general is who do we test on to make sure it's okay for everyone because that tends to be poor uh different race like all those kind like you know the people who line up for like the experiments where they'll get paid seven hundred dollars mm-hmm. to try something new, you know, and it's it's scary to you know what extent is suffering of a few for the betterment of the larger populace, right? And it's kind of an interesting question to think about when we're in this pandemic now, fiercely searching for a cure to COVID nineteen. I sincerely hope that there are no unethical. <laughs> Uh, experiments and research happening now, but you, you never know. I've been seeing ads. You can now start being a, a test subject for a COVID vaccine. It's already started. Wow. Yeah. It's just, it's mind boggling. But I think before we wrap it up, I also just want to give a huge nod to the director, Gina Price Bythewood. For those of you who are not familiar with her work, she wrote Love and Basketball and The Secret Life of Bees. So those are some two very, uh, I think, rather big, popular films. This film, The Old Guard, uh, is her first like big budget Hollywood-esque film, if you will. And, you know, she's a woman of color. And I just think she did a fantastic job. Again, this story, I had so much fun watching it. Maybe it's because I've been starved for movies for a while, and I've just kind of been watching a lot of TV shows and a lot of foreign films lately. So this movie just really was right up my alley. I enjoyed it so much. I actually want to go back and watch it again because I feel like there's bits and pieces that I might have missed in the first go around that I want to watch again. Also, shout out to Charlize Theron. She was a producer on this film as well. So she got to really help craft the direction of the story and the the production values. And I think it shows. Like, it's just altogether a really fun summer movie. Oh, yeah. There's definitely a big thumbs up recommendation from both of us. And even though we can't go to the theaters, this is a total, typical summer hit. And... I think that's what we've all been craving is some really nice new content. So when you get a minute, definitely jump on this movie. And it is currently playing on Netflix. So make sure you guys bookmark it and watch it right away. It is a fun ride beginning to end. And that being said, it is 
freaking hot middle of the afternoon. I need a drink. I don't know about you twos. Oh, definitely over time. <laughs> well, I know exactly what I want to drink, but I'm curious to hear about you first. So what are you pouring for yourself? So in honor of our amazing couple in the movie, I went back to the Crusades. So there is something called a Trappist beer. To be a Trappist beer, you must be made by, the beer must be made by monks. So I took a little trip down to Total Wine and More and found the Westmall Triple Trappist Ale. Ooh. Yes. Oh, yes. It is a Belgian ale. It is quite lovely. Little malt sweetness, uh, nice little hops, not... You know, if you wanted to have some by the pool, it, it, it would be wonderful. I love me some Trappist monk beer. They also make very delightful chocolates if you ever get the chance <laughs> to try it. Ooh, it might complement the beer, too. I'm going uh, with something a little more lighter, I guess you could say. Uh, part of this film was set in London, and the drink I have is like quintessential British summertime drink, at least for me. I drank it a lot when I lived over there. And that is a Pimm's cup. Now, for those of you who are like, what the hell is that? Pimm's is like a British liqueur. It's gin-based, but it's got like all these spices in it and it's like secret so I, I can't exactly tell you but it's definitely got like I think cloves and cinnamon in it along with that gin base and then I mix mine with Sprite and then I chop up apples and I put in like blackberries and raspberries it's over ice so good and oh, so I refreshing ah <laughs> And I was so excited to see it also at Total Wines. <laughs> oh, well, that is it for this episode. And like Andy and her crew, no virus or world events will kill us off. That is correct. Keep your summer entertainment fresh by following us online on Facebook and Instagram. And bookmark our website, whiskeyandpopcorn.org. She's Tuesday, and I'm Kaylee. Stay tuned for more movie news and reviews from our couches. <laughs> and thanks for listening. Bye.